Welcome to To Every Generation, the broadcast ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields, located in Jamesburg, New Jersey, where we teach through the entire Bible, verse by verse, and make application to every generation so we can grow in our relationship with God. Matthew 26, verse 6. So the title of the message, or the skit that the children did, was Are We Different? You bet we are. Amen. Because of what Jesus Christ has done, is doing, and will continue to do. Because he's in the process of sanctification. He's in the process of making us more like him as we are willing to be conformed to his image. Now, I don't know today or at any time in your lifetime, and I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. Have you ever done this? Can you relate? Have you ever done this? Okay. And I'm not going to ask by a show of hands who did or didn't, but you probably put on some cologne today, or you probably put on some perfume today, or some antiperspirant. I see Sam over there, right, Sam? Sometimes we took the deodorant in our locker room when we were gym teachers and made sure we got that stench out of there. As a health teacher, I used to In my class, if you get the lights a certain way or you got over near the window, you could go like this. Have all the kids go up on the window and start going like this, and you could see snowflakes coming down. But actually, it was skin. It was dead skin. And accumulation of dead cells, guess what? Stinks. I'm glad at least one person liked that. Thank you, David. So, that is the condition that we're in. Now, the message title today is Sent from God. S-C-E-N-T. Sent from God. In 2 Corinthians 2, you don't have to turn to it. I think it'll be up on the screen. Our main scripture is going to be Matthew, so we'll get to that in a second. But 2 Corinthians 2, verses 14 to 17. Now, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one we are the aroma of death leading to death. And to the other, the aroma of life leading to life. And who is sufficient for these things? For we are not, as so many, peddling the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as from God, we speak in the sight of God in Christ. The aroma of Christ. 
the aroma of a believer in Jesus Christ impacts two groups of people. The living who have come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior and those who are perishing because they have yet to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. In Matthew chapter 26, verses 6 to 13. Starting with verse 6. And when Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper. Now, a leper. You didn't hang with lepers. You definitely want to go into their house. If you saw them coming down the street, you would go to the other side of the street. They were unclean. So something took place. Simon the leper, guess what? He's no longer a leper. But leper is a type of sin in the scriptures also. If you have Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're not a leper spiritually anymore. You're healed. If you don't know Jesus, you're like that leper. You're unclean. But Jesus did a work, and there's a lot of guys named Simon. Not only on America's Got Talent. There's, there's a lot of guys named Simon. So they designate who this Simon is because there was a Pharisee named Simon too. This Simon used to be a leper. Verse 7. A woman came to him having an alabaster flask of very costly fragrant oil. And she poured it on his head as he sat at the table. We see from John 11, verse 2, that this person was Mary, was the one who had anointed the Lord with perfume oil and dried his feet with her hair. It was her brother Lazarus who was ill, died, and raised from the dead. Bethany was an area where Jesus frequented it a lot. His closest friends. Mary, Martha, Lazarus, lived in Bethany. He was known in Bethany. So we see here that Mary took this costly fragrant oil and she poured it on his head as he sat at the table. Now, you know, I think, how they used to sit at the table. They would all lounge out, leaning on one of their arms, and it would be like in a circle. So Mary came, and she didn't really say anything. She just went over to Jesus and poured this head on his, uh, oil on his head. Usually in this culture, if you were visiting a person, they would anoint your head with oil. They would wash your feet because of the dusty roads. They would make you feel comfortable and welcome in this place. In verse 8, but when his disciples saw what this woman was doing, they were indignant, saying, Why this waste? For this fragrant oil might have been sold for much and given to the poor. So usually an alabaster jar or a box 
was a year's or more wages. It was very costly. It was very expensive. It was very precious to the person who had it. So this was very valuable to this woman, what she was doing. Verse 10, but when Jesus was aware of it, he said to them, why do you trouble the woman? For she has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always, but me you do not have always. For in pouring this fragrant oil on my body, she did it for my burial. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. Now, in the four gospels, there are two different uh, women who, it's a very similar story. But this particular woman that we're looking at is Mary, the sister of Martha, the sister of Lazarus, the friend of Jesus. In Luke, chapter 10, verse 38 to 42, it says, As they continued their journey, he entered a village where a woman whose name was Martha welcomed him. She had a sister named Mary who sat beside the Lord at his feet listening to him speak. Notice the position that Mary was in at the feet of Jesus. Martha, Mary's sister, burdened with much serving, came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me by myself to do the serving? Tell her to help me. I need help, Lord. The Lord said to her in reply, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and worried about many things. How many people can relate to that? Anxious and worried about many things. There is need of only one thing, Jesus said. Mary has chosen the better part and it will not be taken from her. Today, you have taken a, you have carved out this time on a Sunday morning to come and sit together as brothers and sisters in Christ at the feet of Jesus. For us to hear His words that are living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword, piercing right down to the bone and the marrow, just separating things, giving us a challenge in our hearts, in our minds, in our spirits. Because He's a resurrected, living God. He's not hanging on the cross anymore. He's alive. He's here in a very special way when people, people gather together in His names. Now notice what Mary is doing compared to Martha. She is giving Jesus love and attention. But we have to understand that shortly, Jesus is going to be going to the cross. He's only a few days away from it. Mary, not knowing this, not knowing that when Jesus said, she is preparing this, she is doing this for my burial. That's not even in her mind. Her brother, 
who was raised from the dead by Jesus, is right there with them. She's happy. Her brother's back. She saw that mighty miracle. And here is the person, Jesus, who brought him back to life. That's probably the furthest thing from their mind that Jesus is going to be beaten. He's going to be scourged. He's going to have nails put through his wrist, through his feet. A thorn of crowns pushed down to pierce his skull. That's not even a thought. This is a happy time. But notice what Mary did. And I believe this is something we are all called to be like Mary. In our devotion, in our love, in our attention, she understood more than anybody in that room that day the place of greatest understanding. The place of greatest learning. And that was being at the feet of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Savior, the Lord, the one who was promised throughout the Old Testament in all 39 books. There he was, right in their presence. Here he is, right in our presence. His Holy Spirit lives within you if you're a believer in Him. If you're here today and you're not a believer in Him, or you're watching on the internet, the Holy Spirit has brought you to that place to hear the words of Jesus. How awesome is that? Because He's always seeking to save the lost. And if you're not lost anymore... He's continually pouring out His grace, His mercy, His love to keep surrounding you and, and moving you and growing you and making you more complete and abundant as a child, as a daughter, as a son of His. Charles Spurgeon, in referring to this passage, said, Mary showed that there was at least one heart in the world that thought nothing was too good for her Lord. And that the best of the very best ought to be given to Him. Whew. Wow. Do we, do I, do you give the very best of yourselves to Jesus? You know what we only have to do, everybody? Is to think of the cross. To think of the crown of thorns. And know that Jesus gave the very best to you, to me. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that beautiful to know and then it didn't stop at the cross. Everybody was down and depressed that loved him. He was put in a grave. He was sealed with the stone. 
They didn't know what to do. They didn't know what was going to happen. And then in three days, something happened. Jesus rose from the dead, visited them. They touched him. They ate with him. New life came in to their hearts, to their thoughts. It permeated them. They knew Jesus in a totally different way than when he was on the earth, when he was walking with them and talking with them. He was a risen Savior because they had seen him beaten. They had seen him crucified or they heard about it and they knew he was dead, but not anymore. The beauty of this woman's act consisted in this. When she sat at his feet, when she anointed him with oil, it was all for Jesus. It wasn't for the people who were with him. They were blocked out. When she walked over and broke the alabaster jar and started anointing his feet and his head and her tears and wiping them, his feet with her hair, it was a total act of submission. It was a total act of humility. She wasn't worried about what the others were thinking. It was just her and Jesus. Nobody else. But yet all those hearts that were watching her were being tested, weren't they? The thoughts you and I have when people do things, whether it's for Jesus just being normal in their normal activity. How many times do we have feelings in our heart, whether they be good or bad or indifferent, whether they be critical or praiseworthy? So this was all going on in that room. This was all taking place. But Mary was focused. Her eyes were on Jesus. All who were in the house could perceive and enjoy the fragrance, the perfume of the precious ointment that was in that flask or that box. But guess what? The anointing was for Jesus only. It was just for Him. Spurgeon again says, you must sit at His feet or you will never anoint them. He must pour His divine teaching into you and into me or you will never pour out a precious ointment upon Him. So, remember how we started? Right? A good fragrance doesn't come from within you and me. I have to take the roll on. I have to take the spray, whatever, whatever you ladies do. I don't know whatever you do. But you have to, to do it from the outside. It's an outside thing making you smell better. Well, you know what? Spiritually, it's the same thing. We can't conjure that fragrance 
that's a sweet-smelling aroma to the Lord from inside. We can't do certain amount of things, go certain place to have a better fragrance to the Lord. It only comes from heaven. It's a scent from above. It's a scent from God that He pours out on you and He pours out on me. Mary's name now smells as sweet in all God's house as ever her ointment did. But yet a person like a Judas, his name rots. And it shall do so for all eternity. But yet here again, we're fulfilling what Jesus said. We'll be talking about Mary thousands of years later, what she did. And guys, don't miss this, please. Just because the character in the story name is Mary. God is speaking to you guys and me as well. He expects our devotion. He expects us to sit at His feet. Boy, you know what gets in the way of that? Pride. I'm a man. We're going to look at the alabaster box. We're going to get there in a, in a second. In the Jewish tradition, when a young girl was ready for marriage, her family would purchase an alabaster box and fill it with all kinds of expensive ointments and oils. When a man came and asked that girl to marry him, she would take out the alabaster box and break it at his feet anointing them with the oil. A sign of her honoring his request of marriage. Isn't that beautiful? Just think of that symbolism that just permeates through all that right there. So the alabaster box back then had these ointments in it. Things that were very valuable and precious to that person. Your hope, your dreams, your fears are in that alabaster box. In mine. Who we are is contained in that spiritual alabaster box that makes us who we are. It comes when we're real little things start being put in that box until we are where we are today. And some of us might have taken that alabaster box, broken the seal, and put it at the feet of someone or something. And they didn't receive it with value. The heart and passion that you had in putting that at their feet was maybe rejected. And the pain that you felt was real. And you try to take Gorilla Glue and put back that alabaster box again. But it doesn't look the same as it did when you first had it. 
Gorilla glue wouldn't work. But you carry that broken alabaster jar inside of you. And you remember. We clinch it even tighter and hold on to it a little longer before we put that at someone else's or something else's feet. Because we know what happens when it breaks. Everybody, we need to put our treasure, our hopes, our dreams, our fears at the one person who will receive it, the one person who will cherish it, the one person who will make all things new, and that's at the feet of Jesus Christ. We can't give it away to some person. We can't give it away to some ideal or some religion or some philosophy. Jesus Christ loves you. He knows you by name. He knows everything that's going on inside that precious brain and heart and spirit that He created and formed you and put in you. Jesus wants to be married to you. I look right here, and I know most of you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I'm looking at the bride of Christ. He's the groom. And on that special day, when we're all with Him together, we will go through together the marriage supper of the Lamb. Huh. And I'm going to say, Linda, can you believe this? Linda, where's your walker? Amen? Sam? No more. We don't know you just use it anymore, bro. Dave, can you believe we're here? This is amazing. We talked about it for all those years. Remember that little church in Janesburg, Thais? Huh? Remember those monitors? Now we don't need notes. It's all better. He took care of it all. He wants to show you your value. Not to other people. To Him. Guys, girls, we don't measure up in the eyes of everybody. But to Him, we're a value. We measure up. He's our God. He's our dad. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He wants to show you your value. He wants to show you your worth. He wants to forgive you your sins. He wants to fill you with His Holy Spirit. He wants to complete you. Oh, man. How many times in my 20s and 30s, which were just a few years ago, <laughs> I was trying to do things that would complete me. 
And whether I achieved them or failed, it never completed me. You been there? Huh? Because I didn't realize I stunk. Doesn't work when we try to do it. We need it from outside of ourselves to make us be a sweet odor in His nostrils. To be a sweet smelling aroma to Him. His plans are so much better than ours, right? His plans are so much better. Now question. Do you trust Him? Do you trust Him? Trust. It's a many splendor thing. <laughs> right? I mean, there's all levels of trust. You might trust someone you've known a long time more than you trust some, I hope, someone that you just met for the first time. Right? Trust comes as a result of relationship and time spent. How much time do we spend with Jesus at His feet getting to know Him? You might know the name of God, right? You might know the name of Jesus and that there's the Holy Spirit. But do you spend time with them? The Bible in the Psalms says, He holds His word above His name. He holds His word above His name. He's given us His life book, His love book, His love letters. From Genesis to Revelation, all 66 books. To take in and His supernatural work changes us from the inside out. And it works. It works. You know that if you've been a believer for a while. You know. doesn't mean you don't have any more trials and tribulations and heartaches, sorrows, pain, life and death situations, right? We all go through that. So do those people who don't believe in Jesus. They go through it too. But we have a hope. That's just beyond the grave. Amen? Jesus Christ is risen. He is coming back again. We will see Him face to face. God does not make incomplete people. Sin, God bless you, sin has made us incomplete. Sin has made us incomplete. We're not the people we're supposed to be, but Jesus comes down, lives in our flesh, goes to the cross, rises from the dead, ascends into heaven, sends His Holy Spirit, and His precious Holy Spirit, God Himself, dwelling within a believer, has changed this world. Throughout our world, there are millions of believers in Jesus Christ in free countries and in countries that are not free. Like Mary, God creates in us a pure, loving heart done for Jesus and Jesus alone. We know this song. We sang it a couple months ago. A little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by, yet in thy dark streets shineth the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. Are met in thee right now. Are met in thee later on today. 
In the Old Testament, sacrifices, if they were done with a sincere heart, by and following God's word, was a pleasing aroma to God. It was delightful to smell and to breathe in. Gentiles would sometimes burn incense to their gods, to their false gods. People of Paul's day could relate to his language that he was saying in, his, in the Scripture. Paul and his friends were likened to victorious soldiers, as we talked about before, in a, a triumphal procession. And we talked about the POWs that the Romans would bring in. And that smell would be a scent of death. But to all the people that were free, it was a sign of life. The beautiful aroma would just fill the air. At the parade's finale, many prisoners would be put to death. The aromas were pleasing and life-giving to the victors, but not to those who were defeated. And again, I want to emphasize, you and I are the victors. The non-believers are the defeated ones. Both groups smell the fragrances, but one is on one side and one is on the other. Freedom, life, and victory are to those who have put their trust in Jesus Christ. Defeat, slavery, and death are the ones who have rejected Christ. In 2 Corinthians 3, verses 1 to 6, it says, Do we begin again to commend ourselves? Or do we need, as some others, epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you? You are our epistles written on our hearts, known and read by all men. You're being read by all men as a believer in Jesus. The light of Jesus, His Holy Spirit, goes out through you to touch a Christ-rejecting, a dying world to bring them in because God loves the whole world. He doesn't want anybody to perish. Verse 3, Clearly you are an epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is, of the heart. And we have such trust through Christ towards God that now that we are sufficient, not that we are sufficient of ourselves, to think of anything as being from ourselves. It doesn't come from within. It comes from without. It comes from heaven above, as we accept Jesus, He comes into our life through His Holy Spirit. And now, there's a difference. Now, the stench, spiritual stench that we once had is a sweet aroma to Christ. He does that work by His grace. He does that work by His indwelling Holy Spirit. But our sufficiency is from God. He gives it all to us. He's the one who makes us sufficient and complete. He makes us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant. Not the covenant under the law. The do's and the don'ts. That was the Old Testament. That was the old covenant. To show you that you're sinners. To show me that I'm a sinner. The Ten Commandments show me that I can't keep them. They were tutors. They were teachers. The law is a teacher. To show us our need of Jesus Christ. Then the new covenant is 
a grace covenant brought about by His blood on the cross to wash away our sins. We can be living in the old covenant and not grow. We can be self-condemning, always feeling guilty. Or we can be in the new covenant, sufficient in Christ, full of grace and mercy, full of His Holy Spirit who comes alongside us and helps us to live this life as we get closer and closer to meet in Jesus Christ. That's the aroma of Jesus Christ. The law kills. But the Spirit gives life. Do you have one foot in the old and one foot in the new? If you keep doing that, it splits you right down the middle. Be in the New Covenant, the New Testament. The grace of God is available to you 24-7, 365. It's available to you tonight when you wake up at 2.30 in the morning and can't get back to sleep. That's God's time with you to spend with you. And He blocked out all distractions except maybe your mate snoring. Who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills. The letter is the law. But the Spirit gives life. Mezuzah. Does anybody know what a mezuzah is? Okay. It's supposed to be the starting shortstop for the Yankees, I think, this year. I don't know his first name. No. But mezuzah. On the side of Jewish and Christian's home, there's a little, like a... A box, a little yeah, box, I guess. It's long and thin. And in that, there's, there's a scripture. But the word mezuzah is the Hebrew word for door frame. It is also the name of the little ornament that I just described. Um, there is a powerful part of the Bible hidden in every mezuzah known as the Shema. Now, the Shema means here. That word Shema means here. The Shema prayer is one of the most famous prayers in the Bible. It was a daily prayer for the ancient Israelites and is still recited by the Jewish people today. And here's the prayer. It's from Deuteronomy. Um, verse 4. And it's one of those chapters. I think it's up there. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. How are we doing, gang? Team, how are we doing with that? Where do we, scale of 1 to 10, how are we doing with loving the Lord your God? How are we doing with all our heart? How are we doing with all our soul? How are we doing with all our strength? Again, you don't have to answer but we do need to check. How are we doing? Do we need to improve in those areas? I do. I don't know about you, but I know I do. Um, so we talked about that alabaster box, carrying your hopes and your dreams and your fears. We talked about a little bit about this, but I want to finish on this. <clears throat> 
for the alabaster bar uh, box, the alabaster was like a, was almost like a marble material, and it used to hold the scent of whatever you put in it. So you didn't smell it. You would have to open the box to smell it. As long as the box was closed, your guess was as good as mine what it was going to smell like. But one of the things that they had to do, normally they would seal it, and you would have to break the seal in order to let out the, frag the fragrance. So as we close today, I want you to think of this. If you are the alabaster box, and I am the alabaster box, we need to be broken to allow what God wants to do in our lives to be the sweet-smelling aroma to Him. It's all different ages here. And to exclude a young person in this would be wrong because the kids that I've dealt with over my lifetime, some of those, unfortunately, were broken at a very, very early age. Whether it be by abuse, by an alcoholic mom or dad. Who knows the tragedy that might happen to a young person. But as I look at different ages in here, think about those things that have happened in your life that broke you. Hmm? I think we all can relate to things that might be going on today. No matter what we do, no matter what we try, no matter how sincere other people are in trying to help us, until we take that part of our heart and put it at the feet of Jesus and just say, Jesus, I am broken. I can't do anything anymore, Lord. You have to put me back together. You have to complete me. You have to be willing to do that. And maybe you're at that point today. Maybe you're at a point where you finally say, well, I need Jesus in my life. I never accepted Him as my Lord and Savior. And we're going to give you that opportunity in a second. But again, I want to talk to not only those who don't know Jesus, but those who do. As I did this study, I need you to know this. I'm going through this study and I'm saying, Lord, keep changing me. Keep fixing me. Keep making me complete. I fall so short of the things that I see, not in the people who are in the, not Mary's and the Martha and the Lazarus. They stink too. Just like you and me. But God did a work in their heart to make them a sweet smelling fragrance to us. We came up here today with the skit Talk about aroma. What a sweet smelling aroma to hear these young kids, these, these girls that were up here today, to do that little skit for Lily to sing that beautiful song. How precious is that for young hearts? With all the stuff we're hearing today in our schools, with what kids are being taught. But you and I, see prayers answered when we see little ones come up here that quote scripture that sing songs 
there is hope because we serve a God who fulfills hopes. We, f- we serve a God who rose from the dead when it seemed everything was done. The greater the sin, the more Christ works. He won. You're winners in Him. He's not finished with you or me yet or He would take us home. You have an aroma of Christ to bless others with. You all do. You all do. David, when you yelled out before, you pumped me up. You blessed me, David. Honest. Praise God. Thank you for that. When I went downstairs today and I saw the energy in the kids who were doing a skit, I got to check my birth certificate. I think I'm like I'm 21. I was pumped. Right, Sam? We know right when we're in the later years of our life in our, our job, when we were with those kids, don't they just energize you? It's better than a protein bar. Seriously. But you know what's a sweet smell and fragrance? You. When we see God working in all of you, when we see Him put a smile on your face, when you're praying with somebody, when you're helping somebody who's dropped something, God will make us all physically complete one day. If we're sick, if we're hurting, if we have something going on in our bodies right now, we're going to be complete. We're going to be whole, better than we've ever been, even in the prime of our life. You've been listening to To Every Generation from Calvary Chapel Crossfields. We meet for Bible study Wednesdays at 7 p.m. And Sunday service begins at 10.30 a.m. On Sundays, we have children's church for all ages in addition to infant and nursery care. You can find out more about the ministry here at Calvary Chapel Crossfields by going to www.cccrossfields.org, where you can also watch or listen to previous messages. If you have any questions or have a prayer request, please email us at contact at cccrossfields.org. Thanks for listening, and may God bless.